Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. Does your family have Christmas traditions? Perhaps you watch a Christmas movie by the fire on Christmas Eve, or you go caroling, singing songs about Jesus' birth. People around the world partake of all kinds of traditions. For example, in secular Japan, Christmas is the busiest time of the year for the fast food chain KFC. Christmas trees in Ukraine are set up with spiders made out of yarn. It's believed these spiders bring prosperity to its participants. In Ethiopia, Many Christians celebrate Christmas in January. They fast from dairy and meat for 45 days. They gather to worship on their Christmas Eve. The service goes into the early hours of the morning. Afterwards, they break their fast with a Christmas meal. Family traditions are good to have, but don't take for granted what we celebrate at Christmas, whether in December or in January. God came to earth and took on human flesh. What a wondrous mystery. I'm Charles Morris, and we're continuing in a series called Heartwarming Christmas Stories. I'll be home for Christmas. It's one of the most well-known Christmas songs we hear today. Bing Crosby crooning the words that so many were thinking as World War II was raging back in 1943. In a moment, we're going to look at the backstory of this now 80-year-old Christmas song, But then we're going to go deeper into this great longing all of us have to be home for Christmas. It's heartwarming, but it also tugs at our heartstrings because not all of us have a physical home, a mom or a dad to go home to anymore. But with Jesus, God is our Father, and the promise of being home with Him rings all the more this Christmas season. We'll get to this heartwarming story of Christmas in just a moment. But then after the program, I want to encourage you to pray about making your year-end tax-deductible gift to this 100% listener-supported ministry. It's always been about Jesus for going on 90 years. And as a thank you, I want to send you our brand new 2024 Haven calendar celebrating 90 years of ministry. Each month is like a yearbook filled with pictures and stories showing God's faithfulness to Haven and our listeners these past nine decades. Your support today will enable Haven to point you and countless others to Christ in 2024. Come visit our website after the program. Make your year-end gift, but ask for the calendar at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And when you go to our website, you can see a sneak preview of what it looks like, sample pages, And also see the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook samples that we have online still. Now, haventoday.org is our web address, haventoday.org, or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And now I want us to open with the Ball Brothers and a cradle in Bethlehem. Sing sweet and low your lullaby till angels say Amen A mother tonight is rocking a cradle in bed 
just love that arrangement with the booming voices of the Ball Brothers. And that was a song first recorded by Nat King Cole back in the 1950s, A Cradle in Bethlehem, here on Haven Today. There's something about family reunions at the holidays that simply warm one's heart, especially if the families have been separated from each other for a while. I'm thinking about the reunions we see from time to time where a member of the military gets home to surprise a spouse and maybe even children. There are actually compilations of these tear-jerking, heartwarming reunions on YouTube. Husbands, wives, sons, daughters, all brought to tears mixed with joy. His oldest child sprinted toward him, not letting the bleachers keep them apart any longer. Her brother not far behind. The kids weren't sure he'd be back by Thanksgiving. And he's going to be up so soon. <laughs> I'm just so shocked that he's back. Mom and dad got them good, keeping the surprise secret for weeks. I just thought it was like a pep rally or something. The active airman's second tour of duty has taken him away from basketball games, celebrations, and some tough days at home, too. Our oldest, she had surgery a month after he left. That really makes it tough, tough and stressful. And knowing how much it's stressing Mama out. This time, he's here to stay. I was just so happy that he's finally back home. He's retiring next year. It's a good thing, too, since the kids weren't planning to let go. Ready to get home-cooked meals and just be with family. Gilma Avalos, CBS 11 News. A family reunited with a husband and a father deployed for a long time. Who wouldn't have tears listening to that? We belong with family. People who care for us, love us. That's how the Lord made us. That's why seeing or hearing these kinds of reunions are so touching. We're hearing heartwarming Christmas stories all week. Stories like the one you just heard. But reunions don't always happen. 
Sadly, some soldiers go away, and they never come home. Back in World War II, mothers would say goodbye to their sons. Wives would watch their husbands leave and expect to never see them again. World War II was violent, dangerous. Deployment to the front lines almost certainly meant death. Soldiers describe a constant fear that pervaded their camps, not fear of anyone they might meet. They'd been trained for that, fear of not making it home. Ed Long, a Navy man, recalls being on a ship, clinging to letters from his wife until he saw her finally face to face again. And when he did, he simply said, I'm home. That was every soldier's dream. They were fighting for their country, yes, but they didn't dream of victory on the battlefield. They dreamed of making it home to be with their families. This is where Kim Gannon and Walter Kent found their inspiration in 1943 for what has now become a Christmas classic. As you listen to this song, try to imagine that it's being sung by a soldier deployed on the front line. I'll be home for Christmas You can plan on me Please have snow And mistletoe And presents on the tree Christmas Eve will find me where the love light gleams. I'll be home for Christmas if only. Christmas. There's just something so nostalgic as Bing Crosby singing this classic song that first came out in October of 1943. It was on the charts for 11 weeks, and it hasn't left the Christmas playlists any year since then. A military magazine called Yank said Crosby's song accomplished more for military morale than anyone else of that era. Some 20 years after it was first released, the song went interstellar when Frank Borman and James Lovell in the Gemini 7 spacecraft were asked what music they would like to hear as they were returning to Earth in December 1965. The astronauts had set a record the longest flight in the U.S. space program to that date. They were really looking forward to getting home and being back with their families again. So what song did they request? Well, I think you've guessed it. I'll be home for Christmas. In many ways, this song has really become an anthem for those away from home or family wishing and hoping to come home. And it's no surprise even as we're listening to a portion of it now. It's a beautiful song. Sure, it's a secular song. We'll get to the Christian angle of it in a minute, but I think you've already started to catch on where we're going. And it's even more moving 
once you know that it was inspired by soldiers just wanting to be home with their families at Christmas time. We imagine it was written about a loved one traveling across the country to make sure he makes it before the Christmas ham is served or a turkey on the table. But think about the last line of the chorus again. If only in my dreams. It was written from the perspective of a soldier who knows he's not coming home. It gives the song a weighty sadness, doesn't it? But longing for home is something all of us have to deal with. I know that not everyone had a good home growing up in. Broken homes, abusive or neglectful parents, sibling feuds. It can make you incredibly sad at the holidays. That sadness, it's a longing for home. Even Bing Crosby lamented how he was very distant from his first wife and children. He married Dixie Lee in 1930, and they had four boys together. And as their family grew, so did his fame. He was a recording artist, a radio star, and later a movie star. But he was not around his family much. A couple of years before he died, on a British TV show, he was asked if he regretted not being home with his family. I want you to hear how Bing Crosby responded. Did you miss out on your first family a bit? No, you mean the way the boys? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of went awry there because I was awfully busy in those days and uh, I wasn't home as much as I should have been. Uh, they went to good schools and uh, they were pretty well educated. And uh, Of course, any young man, you know, any young person, no matter what you've done while they're in the home in the way of uh, trying putting them in the right paths or inculcating into them the proper principles. Ten minutes after they leave you, if they bump into the wrong kind of a companion, all of that is down the drain. I think my boys got mixed up with the wrong kind of people, but they're all great now. It passed over, as all things do. If you can wait long enough and pray hard enough, why, uh, it passes over. Now they're all fine. They have families and children, and they're uh, profitably employed, and I think they're good, useful citizens. You've got a now. You've got a second teenage family. Yeah, are, you, are you making the same mistakes? No, we're together an awful lot, Lou. We travel together. Up until recently, we were able to do that because their mother has a teacher's certificate, and everywhere we went, they went, and she could keep them up in their studies. And when they cut back to school, they were generally, uh, even with their class, or maybe a little ahead. And I think that's a great thing that we eat together, all three meals. We all eat breakfast together. We have lunch together, except when they're in school. We have dinner together. We go, we've been all over Europe together, we've been to Africa together, Europe, uh, all places. You're not a young man. I mean, are you conscious with the second family that your time is limited with them? Is That's it. it. You, yeah. I just want to spend as much time as I can with yeah. them. That was Bing Crosby being interviewed on a British TV show about getting a second chance with his second wife and younger children. His first wife had died from cancer. He was a bit distant from his first four boys, and now... He saw how important it was to be home with the ones that he loved. Even if you had good parents, and your childhood is not a source of pain, the holidays might remind you that it won't always be this way. Loved ones won't always be with us. Maybe some of them have already gone on. We long for home. The book of Hebrews says that's how the believers of old used to behave. He says they were longing for a better home, a heavenly home. That's us, if we're in Christ. We all long for something better than this earth can provide. A family that doesn't fight. Loved ones who don't leave. A home that remains home forever. 
I can't forget a, a story that came from the theologian St. Augustine. He had spurned his mother as a youth. He'd gone off living a life of hedonism. And I don't even need to define that for you. Pursuing pleasure wherever he could find it. He was happy, so he thought. One day he was taking a stroll, and he heard children singing a little tune, Take up and read, take up and read. At that moment he took up a Bible and read, and when he read he was flooded with peace. His mother rejoiced when he went home to tell her the news. She had been praying for him all those years, and she praised the Lord that her son had finally come home. Augustine was reflecting on this when he said, and here's a quote from him now, Our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Our hearts long for home until they meet the Lord. And when we turn to Christ by faith, trusting that he lived, died, and rose again to save us, we come home as well. But even now, if you're a believer, there's a tension, isn't there? You know the Lord, but your heart's still longing for home. And Jesus knew this would happen. And the night that he was betrayed, he told his disciples something they could cling to as they longed for home. It's found in John 14, the very first four verses. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Well, it was spoken by Jesus, those words, as he was about to leave this earth. He was going to die on the cross for the sins of his people, and rise again to conquer death, and then go home to his Father. And his disciples were very sad when they heard that news. They wanted to be with Jesus forever. The thought of him leaving made them long for a day when they would be with him again. So Jesus' promise spoke to them, but it speaks directly to us as well. He's gone to prepare a place for us. We encounter sadness and disappointment in the holidays. Good family gatherings are never perfect, and they always come to an end. But as we long for a place where we will be joyful forever, we long for a place that never fades away. We long for Christ and his kingdom. He is there preparing it all for us. We simply trust in him while we wait. And one day he will come back to get us. And when he does, then we will be truly home.
an invitation to come to Jesus. O come, all ye faithful, powerfully sung by the King's College Choir in Cambridge, England. I'm Charles Morris, and this is a program called Heartwarming Stories of Christmas. The new year is coming quickly. And I want you to enjoy our brand new calendar. We're calling it Celebrate 90 Years of Ministry here at Haven Today. Each month is like a scrapbook filled with stories and pictures going back to Hollywood in 1934, where it all began. I think you'll enjoy August, which includes a picture of our original and very unique studio called the Good Ship Grace. The building actually looked like a real ship with portholes and everything. It was built in 1941. It's now an historic cultural monument in Los Angeles. And it's a monument for us as well, testifying about how God's faithfulness to Haven Ministries has kept us going all these many years. So I want to send you our 2024 calendar, celebrating 90 years of ministry for your year-end gift to Haven Today. Go online to our website. Do it right now at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Remember, your year-end tax-deductible gift will make a difference. Or you can call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And a quick reminder, we still have the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook, the set that shows how all of the Bible points to Jesus. I think you and the kids in your life are going to be blessed by this special two-book set with brilliant illustrations and Bible stories leading to Christ in this new year. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The Pharisees approached Jesus and said, We know you are true, and you don't care about anyone's opinion. For you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Now, according to Mark 12, the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus, but what they said about him was true. Jesus wasn't, still isn't, impressed by outward appearances. In the original Greek, it literally says, you do not look at a man's face. That's a big deal. You and I make all kinds of assumptions about people based on their face, age, gender, disposition, mood, health, probably some other things. But aren't you glad Jesus sees not only who you are, but who you will be one day? Get more daily encouragement from God's Word with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.